The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him. People are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode. Did his job. This is insane how great they are. Well, I think the authors of Pain are young prodigies. That's how good we are. Representing Bullet Club. This is what we do. Super Kid Party! I mean, this is very disappointing for us. I mean, before Broski got hurt, we were number one contenders. After Broski got hurt, I won the Battle Royal at WrestleMania. I'm still the only person on SmackDown that's beaten WWE champion Jinder Mahal. Man, I accomplished a lot while he was gone. And now that we're a team again, man, we can't even win a match. Opportunities do not come often here in the WWE. And right now we are wasting every single one of them. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the back. And your hosts, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wrestling of the Max, episode 264, part two. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com. That's right, the place where you go find all the great wrestling content that you can handle. And, of course, everything else under the sun when it comes to entertainment, video games, and sports. Trust me, great site to go check out. Would also think another couple of sites that also support us, FormulaOneMania.com, as well as Last Word on ProWrestling.com. They are both amazing. Appreciate all that they do for us. Hey, and if you want to go find everything that we offer... Make sure you go subscribe, rate, and review at Wrestling to the Max. That's right. You can go on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you want. Even iHeartRadio, which we just recently joined, you can go find our show. And make sure you share that with all your friends, too. We appreciate it. Uh, Of course, I am your host, Gary Vaughn. And along with me is Mr. Paul Leeser. hey and tonight, once again, we are without Sean Garmer. Uh, not by choice. Uh, trust me. Uh, <laughs> this is not a situation where Paul and I have got an, a coup going on. Uh, this is something that has happened, sadly, because, well, things happen, right? Uh, first, it's a hurricane, um, which that's totally understandable. Uh, Irma decided to rear her ugly head and screw us up by, you know, making Sean have to go stay somewhere else and, you know, hunker down for safety. And just when we thought we had Sean back, Paul, his internet fails on him right before showtime. Right, literally, before showtime. 
Honest to God, I was shocked he still had power and internet when he got back to his place. So <laughs> you're not lying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Sean lives in the Miami area, and that was one of the more heavier affected areas by Irma. And uh, you know, once again, prayers, hopes, and wishes all that go out to everyone that's been affected by that hurricane. Uh, and of course, by Hurricane Harvey and and all the stuff that's been taking place. Uh, I know we keep talking about that stuff, but just wanted to quick shout out to you all of you out there dealing with all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, Sean sadly will not be a part of the show tonight unless. Now I'm going to say unless for some reason his internet decides to come back, which I don't know it will. Uh, history tells us that's not going to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to assume no Sean tonight, and uh, it sucks. Paul, I mean, once again, a three-man team is so much better, especially with Sean, who offers so much to the show, and and just it bums me out. But hey, me and you are going to carry this, and and, you know, we'll we'll do our best, right? Yeah, all I can say is thank God I learned how to work the board. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, and it's it's probably better I don't have it because I would be adding sound effects, and it'd be terrible. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, and I promise this episode, Paul. No more Richard Justice jokes. I'll stay away from those. I got a little crazy last time. But I liked it. Okay. (laughs) Well, you never know. You may get a treat later on. I'll make all the Dick Justice jokes this episode. (laughs) Oh, yes. At least I'm not on the hook for them this time. So, Oh, man. We we have a great time here. And, of course, we want you guys to know we are going to have that much fun. But we're also going to talk some professional wrestling included uh we are gonna jump into of course like we usually do on the friday morning show we'll talk some quick hits that's right a lot of the big wrestling news coming out of the world of wrestling this week along with lucha underground global force wrestling and heck we're even gonna throw a little bit of new japan in here for you guys for all you fans that love watching those shows paul's gonna quickly kind of run down uh about the next show taking place kind of give you guys a heads up on what you could be expecting And, and you know maybe make a few comments about the destruction show that happened this past week i'm sure he won't have a lot to say about that one though <laughs> so uh as well as we're going to crown a superstar of the week so we have, we have a pack show ahead of us paul I- i'm really looking forward to it and you know i know we don't have a lot of time to waste and all that but i just want to say this um i have thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed the may young classic shows that you Harry Broadhurst and Patrick Ketza put together. You guys did five amazing episodes. Those review shows were not only informative, but they were highly entertaining. I can't tell you how much I laughed listening to those guys. The, you know, you're, you're awesome as well. I mean, you give us so much, but I, I noticed a lot of times you just got to sit back and enjoy the show, right? I mean, Harry and Patrick are basically an old married couple uh, whenever they podcast together. So you don't really have to add a lot to that equation to get to the funny. <laughs> yeah. It, it is true, true, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, everybody can go find that stuff if you want to go check it out. And I hope you do check it out if you haven't already. Make sure you go. And once again, I believe it's on the Wrestling to the Max feed, if I'm not wrong. Um but it is, it's yeah. also, uh, and for some reason, maybe you're not on just that feed. Uh, the W2M network feed is also there, which it should be a part of as well. So go check it out. I mean, trust me, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I know you guys will too. So I had to drop that plug in there, Paul. I know I keep doing it, 
But I think it's so important for people to go check out those shows. So it, it was a it was a real fun ride. Uh, and I absolutely enjoyed doing the shows with Patrick and Harry. I thought, I thought they did a great job as well. And I don't know. We just just it was really easy to sit back and have fun and talk about wrestling for forty five minutes to an hour and a half, depending on whichever episode you listen to. But I want to talk about the intro you made for this episode um, because if you if you don't know out there, Gary works. Uh, he does most of the intros for most of the shows on W two M. Uh, especially our show and football and all that, but I, I don't know if you've done many for any of the others. I would assume you have. Um, but on this one, the Gary used the Mojo Raleigh promo, and that literally might have been the best promo I've ever heard Mojo Raleigh cut, and it was on .com. <laughs> Why would you do that, WWE? <laughs> It's it's so true though, right? I mean, and you know, I was going through some of the stuff this, you know, tonight. I always before the show, I make the intro because I want it to be up to date, the local, the latest, the whatever's brand new. I try to put in the episode, and there was some. Let's be honest, a, a lot of stuff that was there, a lot of stuff from the May Young Classic and all that kind of stuff, and of course. The New Day celebrating their big victory, but it sounded like, uh, well, I'll just be honest, it was very ghetto fabulous, and and I uh, didn't know everybody could handle it, so I found Mojo Raleigh, and that, that was the last clip I was going to use, to be honest with you, and then I listened to it, and I thought to myself the exact same thing you just mentioned, Paul, wow, that's Mojo Raleigh? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, no, that's an imposter, that's not him, no, that was very much from the heart. And he tapped into something there. So, Mojo, keep up the good work. Do that right there. Do that. You could be a single star. Do it more. Absolutely. That was <laughs> unbelievable. I couldn't believe Like, I said, li- like, I know that's Mojo's voice, but that is not, that's not Mojo. And then, you know, starts talking about hype bros. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, once again, I, I do a lot of the intros for this show. I don't really do intros for other shows. Um, only because, I, and a lot of other people have direction on what they want to do. Now, I do get kind of stuck with the job of making logos for most of the new yeah. shows coming I mean, you in. Do most so. of the graphics too, yeah. Which is, I mean, they're yeah. all phenomenal. Gary, you do wonderful work on the show. Well, I, I definitely appreciate it. Even though my wife would probably disagree, so I, I always <laughs> I, I, I show her my work, and she's like, "Couldn't you do something better?" I'm like, well, what, "What did I just do for four hours? <laughs> I give up." So, hey, at least Paul has some, you know, love for my work. So thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Amanda uh, and if anybody, the supportive wife, the picture of uh, the supportive wife. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to this show, people, my wife is not that terrible. No. Uh, although she, although the, the, the first time that me and Paul and Sean all sat in a room to do a podcast, she did threaten my life in front of them. So maybe was- not the best picture. I don't know. It's nice to know at least there's a kernel of truth in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, who knows? Uh, hopefully, you guys know that I do love my wife, and hopefully, she loves me. So, uh, but anyway, uh, let's talk about <laughs> wrestling, Paul. Uh, we could go on and on with this good time. Uh, but yeah, let's jump into some quick hits. We got some really important ones here. Yeah, let's do it. It's time for wrestling news. Quick hits. Take it away, Gary. All right, guys. Well, you know, once again, we start out the quick hitch usually with sad news, if there is sad news. And we do have a little bit for you guys. Former AWA world champion Otto Vons 
has passed away at the age of 74. And, you know, Paul, I don't know a lot about this guy. You know, I've I really honestly never followed AWA. I just, mm-hmm. that was not my thing. I honestly have not even got on the network or anywhere else to kind of go back in history and really study it. I, I know a little bit, but I, I'm not really familiar with this guy. So can you let us know a little bit about him and what he did? I have a very brief picture of him, at least as far as uh, personal watchings and stuff like that, because I have watched some of the later AWA stuff, just because it's where a lot of guys um, that we all became very familiar with during our lifetime started out. Kurt Henning, Scott Hall, uh, Vader, tons of others, tons of others. But uh, Otto Vons was a a former champion for them, but he really made his name uh, in Germany and Austria first, which is where he's from. He's from Austria. Uh, and he, he kind of broke out on the scene there, and that got him some tours with New Japan, uh, where he would wrestle Antonio Inoki a lot, and they, uh, Otto is a, is a very large gentleman, uh, and he's very famous, he holds multiple world records, I think, still are used to, for tearing phone books, uh, because he just, he could do it so easily, he had giant, giant hands, but him and Inoki, uh, during that time, it was, Westerners would come into, New Japan, they would be built up really big only to face Inoki and lose because Inoki was a hero, and at the time, that's sort of how Japan booked wrestling for a very long time, and then you still see it every once in a while uh, in promotions that aren't New Japan, I'll say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he made his name there, and then he founded a, a very, very important wrestling promotion called Catch Wrestling Association um, that he ran until 1999. And it was a big, you know, we talk about the British scene now and how people are making stops there. You have Westside Extreme Wrestling over there in Germany now, which is a big stop for indie stars. This this was that of the time. Uh, maybe not as rabid and maybe not as extreme, but it, its world title was very much viewed as the European World Heavy, or, you know, the European Championship, the top title in Europe. Um, and it had so many big stars in there from all over the world compete for his promotion, Um and he really like he had a huge effect on wrestling. Is it's I mean he's seventy four. He died. He'd been battling illnesses, and that's what took him. But you know, it's it's a big international legend. Maybe not so much important here unless you're an old AWA fan. But I thought it should be recognized that he did pass just because he did a lot for a lot of people, especially Vader, uh, whose matches with him in both Catch and AWA really helped put a uh, Vader on the map to get to WCW. <laughs> Wow. See, and those are the important things in history that, you know, sometimes we overlook, right? Mm-hmm. And some of the people that really have an influence on those people that we do know a lot about. So, and I appreciate that. And that's really cool to hear. I mean, the Otto Vons apparently, you know, had a huge influence that I didn't even know about. And that's, that's really, really awesome to hear. And, you know, I, I hate to hear that he passed away. Um, but you know, once again, I mean, he was the reason why we have so many of these other great stars, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's just the, that's really the cool thing I love about wrestling, right, Paul, is the fact that really wrestling is built upon the backs of those before you. And it's something where you can't say, oh, I became a superstar just because of me. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one that matters. No, even the Hulk Hogan's, even the John Cena's, the Undertaker's. They all did something because someone else before them made that possible. Right. And so, I mean, uh, you know, I know you can say that about a lot of other things, but I think it really shines more in wrestling than some of the other things in life. So I just had to shout that out. And, you know, uh, you know, 
best wishes to Otto Fons' family. That's really sad to hear that he's passed. But, you know, if he was sick and things like that, uh, I hope he's in a better place. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about something that, you know, is really recent. And that, of course, is this whole thing with the Mae Young Classic and, of course, the two finalists. Uh, and if you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. We're going to talk about it, though, because, well, it, it the live show already happened. Uh, yeah. I gave you a break on Monday show or Tuesday show and hey, let you catch up if you hadn't caught up. It's sorry if you if you need to catch up, fast forward about you know five minutes or so, and we'll be on to the next topic. Uh, but we are going to talk a little May Young because this classic had Shayna Baszler and of course Kyrie Sane involved in the finale here, and uh, it was a lot of fun. They put a lot around it, and of course you know. There's a lot of things mixed in here, uh, but let's start out with uh, something that was even not about these two. Let's talk about the four horsewomen of MMA and the four horsewomen of wrestling. Now, this was a, a little underlining theme that they had going on throughout the tournament, really, mm-hmm. uh, Paul, and they, they showcased a lot uh, really showing Ronda Rousey throughout the whole entire tournament along with the other four horsewomen. Uh, and, of course, Shayna Baszler is one of them. So, basically, we get this whole underlining theme of, you know, th- when's this match going to happen? It could happen. What's going on? And we even have, I think, uh, w- was it the second to last show, episode four? We had the face-off between them uh, where we had Becky Lynch and uh, Charlotte. Yeah, it was after Shayna's second-round match. Second round match. Okay, so it, it was there, and we had the face off between those two teams, right? It, you know, without Shayna, of course, and without Sasha Banks being present. And of course, you know, we have what would you expect in these kind of things? Someone throws out a "Hey, anytime, any place," and the person that did it was Ronda Rousey. Well, sorry about this, uh, but that might not happen, uh, and there's a great possibility it won't. And here's the reason. For all those that were excited about it, and I, I was—I don't—I'm not going to say I was excited about it, Paul. I was interested, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but needless to say, Vince McMahon is not interested at all, apparently, and he apparently is nixing this. He said, "Nope, he was not involved with any of the filming of that, and he also really didn't have any say on some of this stuff." Not only that, he doesn't like the idea that. Ronda Rousey is not even in contract talks with WWE, and Shayna Baszler herself doesn't have a WWE contract. Mm-hmm. Not There's not a deal in place for even her. So, with all that being said, Vince McMahon has basically backed out of this and taken us away from that thought process of a four-horsewoman and four-horsewoman of MMA match. Saying that, Paul, I don't know. What do you think about this? Are you disappointed at all? Do you think Vince has every right to do this? Do you think he's being short-sighted? Just when you when you heard this news, how did you feel? Uh, I would say disappointed is one of the words I would use. I it like you. I wouldn't say this would sell me on something, but it's one of those things that if it happened, I I kind of wanted to watch it. You know, just to see sort of how it played out. Um, you know. WWE has clearly had their eyes on Ronda Rousey ever since she showed up at uh, WrestleMania 31 now for that one segment uh, when she was arguably at the peak of her popularity uh, and all that. I'm really kind of... These are all rumors, of course, so we could be just talking out our butt here too, but 
I'm kind of surprised that they're not even negotiating with Ronda to maybe even just talk about the idea of her showing up in the ring. Not in contract negotiations. Makes it sound like she still has her eyes on MMA. Um, and that's interesting because I felt like she was done. Uh, she kind of had ruled the roost. She put the, she put it on the map and then she, she's gotten shown up twice now, uh, pretty badly. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I really, I wonder if it's maybe just a not right now thing because maybe she wants to do acting or something like that, but it's kind of like not even in negotiations is very definite. That's, that's odd to me. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the word rumors, and that's what this very much is. And who knows? You know, she may actually have sat down at the table with him once, twice, maybe several times, mm-hmm. and maybe they just haven't worked out the right deal. Right. And, you know, who knows? Or maybe, like you're pointing out, there's a possibility Hollywood or, you know, getting back into the octagon is, is an option here. So there's a lot of things in play. And, and there's a lot of questions that surround. I, I think really WWE, you know, wants to shine the brightest things on the brightest stars, right? And to to give them those opportunities to really, you know, make their shows better. And that's what they did here with the Mae Young Classic, right? They not only took a great idea, but they made it better by including another part of women's sports i because i mean you got wrestling and mma i'm not going to say it's just wrestling right so you're including something else and it'd be as if they took one of the bigger soccer stars and you know from the u.s women's team and put in here just so they could say hey look who we got here and that's what they did so i I think all that's grand it's fun it's awesome to think that we could have this big matchup but it not happening is also understandable too there's so much involved in that process that we honestly sometimes just like to dream, but when it comes to reality, sometimes those things get a little bit more murky. So who knows? I, I really, honestly, I, w- I am interested in it, and if it happens, hey, yes, let's let's do it. If not, I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not really going to lose a lot of sleep over this not taking place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, and maybe that's the wrong way of looking at it, Paul. I'm just. I, I, I'm okay with, you know, Ronda Rousey coming in wrestling, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over this not ever happening. So, I mean, it's not to say it's fully off the table, right? It's just not happening now. Yeah. Maybe two years from now it may happen. Who yeah, knows? I mean, maybe so. Who? I mean, maybe Shane will already be around and they decide to pull the trigger on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, never say never. That's mm-hmm. what I say about this. Um, and not only that, you, I want to mention this too. Ronda Rousey did do an interview with WWE, and you know when she was being asked about some of this stuff, she also did say, "Look, you know, I'm not ready to answer questions about me getting in the ring. I'm really here just to support Shayna." So mm-hmm. that may say a lot right there too. You know, that may speak volumes, or may also speak about some of the things that she doesn't want to talk about because they're hidden. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about though the two competitors uh, that we have here from the finale, and we all know Kyrie say won, which is you know uh, great. I think Shayna Baszler could have won this just as well. Uh, I think that they both were on equal footing here. Uh, Shayna's still working out her you know situation and what she's going to do, and who knows, she may have a deal in the works with WWE right now. Kyrie Sane, on the other hand, being the victor, being the you know Mae Young Classic winner, she's got a lot of light still shined on her. And uh, what's interesting, Paul, about this whole thing was going into this finale, 
this all was not really going to work out this way. Shayna Baszler was not just etched in for that mm-hmm. finale. Apparently, what we were hearing was that Kyrie Sane and Tony Storm were supposedly going to be the finalists in this Mae Young Classic. That did not take place. They made it the semifinal for those two, and then you know went ahead and did the Shayna Baszler bit. Which is fine, too. Um, but it's very interesting to me. Just taking that aspect. I mean, what do you think about that? How would you have felt if it was Tony Storm in that final? I'm a huge Tony Storm fan. I think she's great. I've seen her in progress. I've seen her in stardom. I've now seen her in the Minion Classic. Not anything of hers I have actively disliked. She's tremendously talented. She's got all the charisma in the world. She's, she is a star whenever WWE wants to sign her, put her on TV. I'm on board. Uh, and honestly, I, I mean, Sane and Storm is still, I think, the best match of the tournament, in my opinion. Uh, and there's a lot of really good stuff to be had there, too. The really interesting part about all this to me, though, um, is that them going with Sane and Baszler was meant to catapult the Four Horsewomen angle. Uh, because I was sitting there during the finals, and I was expecting the match to go down, Kyrie to win, and then maybe have the Horsewomen come in and celebrate with her a little bit. And that brings in the MMA chicks who are all ready to defend their girl because, you know, maybe the wrestling is rubbing it in their face or whatever. And that leads to the stare down. And that's what takes you to Survivor Series or whatever with that. But them not doing that, them strictly focusing on Sane, is sort of where I'm willing to believe what we just talked about. And that maybe Vince really has nixed it for now. And it's just we have Kyrie Sane in this great crowning moment uh, and all that great stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And, you know, you've got to, you know, be interested for sure to understand the direction of where they were going, who they really liked. And (laughs) for Tony Storm to to at least be mentioned in that, that means a lot. And I think, like you, Paul, they've got a lot of interest in her and the work that she provides. And so that's really, really positive. And I'm, you know, really happy to hear that for her. So, you know, Kyrie Sane being the victor, was really cool. I think it's it's awesome, especially for the fact that we had Oscar leave uh, NXT, and for us to have another Japanese you know star, especially in the women's division, it's going to be a lot of fun. And what we're hearing now is, which is kind of interesting, is the fact that she will actually be given a chance to you know try to get that women's championship in NXT, right? And, uh, you know, I, I know, Paul, you, you said it's kind of spoilers, but I don't think it really hurts to tell people um, that, you know, she'll be included in a fatal four-way mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, get a chance to earn her shot at the uh, NXT Women's Championship. So I, I like that a lot better than our original thought of, oh, boy, you know, she's going to get a shot right away, a single shot. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I would have been equally okay with her getting a single shot, too, Um but with the title being vacated, this this makes a lot of sense, right? She has this big accolade in her hat. Um, no pun intended, because she does wear a pirate hat to the ring. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could take all that momentum and swing it into NXT, which can take you to take over and fill out the rest of the spot, um, the rest of the spots in that match with uh, what they're going to do, which is with winners of qualifying matches to fill out the rest. So... Uh, I think this is really cool. I, I, me and Gary talked about this on our NXT review, too, which you can catch that there. I mainly put this in here so we talk about it with Sean, but since he's not here, I almost feel this is a little bit redundant. But <laughs> uh, I, I really like this idea a lot. I've been contemplating wanting to go to this show just because Houston really isn't 
I mean, it's a long drive just because anywhere in Texas is a long drive, but um, it's it's in our neighborhood, and I, I didn't get to go to Dallas, so I, I really want to go to a takeover. <laughs> you, you know, I honestly didn't realize that it was taking place in Houston, and I'm already like... Oh, how much money do I have to waste? Yeah. Spend, you know. <laughs> Not that I'm wasting money on TV, but you know, compared to you know, hey, your kid can go take ballet lessons, or you can go to a wrestling show. It's like, ooh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, nonetheless, I mean, I think, uh, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to go to. Am I going to go? I don't know, but yeah. I, I probably won't. But the, like you said, the drive is a, is a pretty good distance, and I have vacation coming up. But I, trust me, I want to be there, Paul. I do. I, I want to see Kyra Sane live. I want to see these other competitors, whoever they may be, live. Yeah. And that's going to be a blast, man. I, I'm really kind of bummed out. And I know when it comes on the network and we're watching it, I'll probably have a tear in my eye. Uh, hopefully I won't. <laughs> I really want to go. <laughs> I know, Paul. Hey, make it happen. Hashtag get Paul to take over Houston. Houston. Yeah. Live, let's, let's live it. Live it right. Yep. <laughs> so even if you have to swim, I'll sw- yeah, I'll do it. I know most of the water's gone, but I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a bad joke. It was. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, no, no. Going to make at least one in the show. Uh, I, I quite offended the people over there at the football show by uh, a comment too. So at least I had to do one here. Uh, anyway. Um, Let's talk about some other rumors uh, that we you know. We talked a little bit about some other ones. Let's talk about this one. Uh, and this one's really kind of curious uh, to see what you think about it. But uh, we've got uh, you know a situation where Kofi Kingston may have hurt his knee, um, and we just got off the sole situation with uh, his other tag team partner uh, Xavier Woods. And I'm just really hesitant to say this because I'm afraid if I speak this into existence, it's real. But, you know, the New Day just won tag team championship belts. And now if you have two out of the three injured, man, Paul, Big E, you better go into hiding. Yeah, I there's no pictures or anything like that around or any video. So it's really hard to tell. But, like, reports have it as Kofi was holding his knee uh, and sort of hobbling a- away. And I don't know if that's just selling uh, because Kofi is great or if it's legit. So it's just rumors right now. If he is hurt, this really, really sucks. Uh, I know Xavier's injury was short-term. Uh, they're in the four-week range, somewhere like that. And I think he's probably about halfway through recovery. So uh, you could just have New Day come out and not really have to focus so much on them wrestling uh, for at least until Hell in a Cell, which you have plenty of time for. And then figure out what you have with Kofi. Uh, if it is serious, then this could really kind of hamper it a little. And if it's not, then you're just in the same situation you were with Xavier. You just have to roll with Xavier for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they can get around this, especially if it is short-term. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if this is even true. Once again, this is a rumor. Um, you know, it, it was kind of funny. You know, we were talking about the Xavier Woods injury pretty soon after it happened. And we were talking about him being gone six months, a year. Yeah, and, we and were expecting the worst. <laughs> yeah. And in the next episode, it's like, hey, he's just going to put a Band-Aid on and he'll be back. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, so don't believe Paul or I on this. Just wait till it actually comes out in the news what's going on. But these are rumors once again, and I, I hope it's all fake. Uh, so, hey, at least that's a little fake news that you can enjoy. Hashtag fake news. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, let's talk about this. This is kind of interesting too, uh, and this is something that's a huge rumor. Uh, this is one that you, you know, Paul. I know you would say, "Got to take it with a grain of salt here." Yeah. Uh, but the the rumor we're talking about is John Cena could possibly facing the Undertaker. Yeah, the guy we thought was retired, or you know, could still be retired. Uh, maybe taking on John Cena at Survivor Series, and you know, this is something that. Would definitely be out of left field for me. Uh, I would not see this coming. Um, but if this does happen, he could be appearing on WWE television uh, basically as soon as No Mercy. Um, so th- I, I just, wow, Paul. Yeah, this is pretty nuts. Uh, I know it's, I think this is the 30th edition of it. 29th, 30th, 31st, something like that. 30 years this year, essentially, for him, because the first one was in 87, so... I could see them wanting to get Taker on the show, um, and supposedly he has a handshake place agreement in, in place to do a match with Cena at some point. And the thinking was they're doing Reigns and Cena at No Mercy so they could do this, but Cena's not going to be around because of all of his other obligations he has with Hollywood. Like I, I think he's doing some voiceover work for a big movie at the time, and so they're trying to work it to where they can get permission to use him for the day to come into Survivor Series and do the match. I I, I really don't know if I believe this, though. <laughs> uh, after I think after No Mercy, Cena's not supposed to be around for the rest of the year, almost. Uh, and we won't see him again come Rumble time. Uh, and The Undertaker seemed like a pretty firm exit at WrestleMania, unless he's just done at Mania. And that's what that was for. But... I don't know. I, I kind of want to see it, and then again, I kind of don't, right? Because th- th- what we got with Undertaker and Reigns at Mania was not a pretty sight by any means. Not to say it was bad, but it was not the Undertaker we've gotten used to seeing for the past five to six years, you know? Yeah, it's not. And, you know, you really, you know, have those nice nostalgic thoughts about Undertaker, and you, you want to put him in today, and you can't put him into today. Mm-hmm. There's an age difference. <laughs> There's a limit on what a guy at his age can do now. And as much as you love to remember all those great big special moments, they're not they're not here anymore. There's a reason that they're on video, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, nonetheless, I, I honestly don't want to see it. I, I love Undertaker, um, but it's just like one of my favorite football players back in the day. I don't really want Bob Lilly hopping on the football field today. And, <laughs> you know, I just don't know if his back can handle it anymore. And he was excellent in the 70s. I loved him. Not not, not in today, right? So we just don't do that. And that's the way I feel about same here uh, with Undertaker. It, sure, it makes a lot of sense with the Roman Reigns stuff. It really does. It you really know, does, whose yeah. yard is it? Yeah, I mean, it, it completely fits in. Let's just don't do it. Let's find some other way around it. Have a, have him, them do a wrap-off or something. Just just Undertaker, <laughs> you, you did great. I loved you taking off the gloves. Excellent job. Thanks for coming. Stay, enjoy Houston, right? Enjoy TakeOver Houston. You can go do that. You, it's your hometown, baby. Enjoy that. Don't go do that. I would pay to see Cena and Undertaker in a wrap-off. 
I would go to Survivor Series if that was going to happen. <laughs> Even if it was in Alaska, Paul's there. I'm He's there. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. I have to Cut live this. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just see. Once again, that's a big rumor. I I, I would definitely not hold on to that very closely. Uh, it probably will not come to fruition. Uh, let's talk about something that happened that was kind of funny. Uh, and, you know, something that I'm sure GFW was not really thrilled about. Uh, we've been talking about for the last two, I think, episodes about this GFW network coming out and how uh, they were really excited about it because not only was it going to bring a lot of their content from Impact and some of their past episodes, but they're also considering you know bringing other promotions in and doing all this stuff. And they actually did testing this one. Oh, no. You still there, Gary? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, can yeah, you, you yeah, I can hear you now. You you vanished on me and I was I was concerned. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, as long as we're good. Yeah. So basically, uh where we're sitting here is GFW uh testing their new app, their mm-hmm. new service, right? It got a little shaky because other people got involved. People from the outside got a chance to see their content. It all got unlocked. So people were getting a chance to see the full scope of what this network had to offer. And, of course, they shut it down pretty quickly because they did not want that to happen. Now, what do you think uh, about this, Paul? And also, why don't you tell us a little bit about what people peeked into? Yeah, so apparently there's a video up with Josh Matthews telling you everything you could get uh, for the site and everything like that. And uh, they have, so their archive content that they're going to have on there is the old TNA pay-per-views from 2004 to 2017, which really sucks because I was kind of hoping for the early weekly stuff to be on there too, but that's that's not included. You have the, the one-night-only events. Uh, they'll have old episodes of Impact. They'll have British Boot Camp Season 1 and 2, TNA Legend Series, TNA Greatest Matches Series, and Unfinished Business Pay-Per-View Series. I don't know if that really does a lot for other people, uh, <laughs> but the older pay-per-views, like I said, are, are worth your time. And to me, this really sounds like a mix of the WWE Network and what Ring of Honor does, because they give you discounts on ordering live pay-per-views and discounts on merchandise, um, but they don't, like, you're not getting it as a part of the stream, right, for your five ninety nine here. Um, and they're soon, they're going to start adding content from their overseas international partners too so crash triple a noah uh whoever else they managed to to get on board and get in bed with uh plans are to have them on this network as well which could be where the value comes in um and it's gonna be like i said 5.99 a month uh it's gonna be available on androids ios and they're gonna launch on xbox roku and fire tv sometime in the near future but i <laughs> I don't know if this grabs you at all, Gary. I don't know. Is this worth six bucks to you? Uh, you know, I, it's interesting, but I don't know if it's interesting enough for me to pay six bucks mm-hmm. a month, right? I, I, you know, I think it's really neat to, to be able to see some of the old content to get those discounts off pay-per-views, but I'd rather just have the pay-per-views included, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I love the WWE Network for that reason. Yeah, I don't have to worry about going and oh, oh crap! I forgot to push subscribe to that, or oh man, you know I was going to do it, but I, you know, blah 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 blah. This is just easy, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, when I get on the network, also I kind of already know I'm going to get to see other promotions, not just that one. 
I think we're already talking about adding a lot of those promotions we talk about all the time, you know, even the crash and other places onto this network. I think then, yeah, I think you should get my money. I think mm-hmm. you should definitely get my six bucks a month. I think right now, no. Not for me personally. Now, if I was a big GFW fan and I love the product so much that I week in and week out, I couldn't wait to see him. Cut out on me again, Gary, if you're still there. Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, some reason something's going on. I don't know. But anyway, I, I don't know that I would really do it right now. That's me. I, I don't know if I do either. Like I said, I think the money is going to come from the international partners for a lot of people. Uh, if you're a Lucha Libre fan or if you're a fan of Pro Wrestling Noah, or like I said, if they manage to get anything. I know they partnered up with Smash in Canada recently too. Um, I don't know if any of that content ends up on here either. Uh, but that could be where a lot of the value comes in. Because there's a lot of great wrestling going on outside of GFW. Not to say that GFW is bad. Um, it's just a lot of times I really struggle to connect with a lot of the people and what they're trying to accomplish on this show. And it it may just not be aimed at me, or I may just be getting older, or I may just get, be getting pickier. Uh, but <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't know. Like I said, six bucks right now, I don't think so. Maybe if you have the international stuff, I'll start thinking about it. Yeah. That's the way I am, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were right there on par, so we'll see. I mean, I really do hope that if, if they get this going, people do care and do pay attention. So we'll, we'll follow it and let people know as uh, time goes by. Uh, you know, someone who is a part of the promotion that I think a lot of people do care about is Rosemary. And, you know, she had her whole incident go down in Triple Mania. And, you know, being injured is never fun, especially when it's done by nefarious ways. Uh, but, you know, what the good news is here, guys, is she is clear to return. So we hopefully will be seeing her sooner than later. And I'm really happy about that. Me too. I'm glad this was brief. It was apparently nowhere near as serious as people thought. Um, essentially since they thought she might have torn her tricep, which she would have been out much longer. But uh, this is great news. I'm really happy for Rosemary. Can't wait to see her back around again. Yeah, same here. And, and some other good piece of news that I think a lot of fans out there will really love to hear, and that is is that Netflix's Glow Season 2 will be uh, coming out in October. Uh, yeah. and I think that's, man, I'm excited about that. Yeah, they're going to start filming in October, so I would assume it would probably come out sometime early next year, but... I am super stoked for this, too. I loved the first season. Uh, uh, yeah, I really can't wait to see the rest of it. It was really cool. Like, they had people from GLOW at the Mae Young Classic, which I thought was super cool, too. <laughs> yeah, I was honestly surprised. Yeah. I did not expect that, man. Yeah. Might so. be the only way we ever get Awesome Kong back on WWE TV again, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably so. I, bet that was, I wonder if that was kind of awkward. Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> yeah, but hey, you know, she's in a, in a new frame of mind, probably. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's really cool news, and uh, that's all the news we have for you today. I uh, hope you enjoyed what we had, and of course, next week we'll bring you all the other great wrestling news that we can get over the weekend. Uh, but yeah, it's time for us to move on, though, from here, and let's jump into some Lucha Underground, Paul. They've got some interesting gang things going on down over there. Let's do it. All right, so we're only two weeks away from the beginning of Ultima Lucha 3, and we're here for the 100th episode of Lucha Underground, which was the big landmark for them because this is where they can finally start seeking out syndication deals that we talked about earlier this week. Uh, And this episode opens with Worldwide Underground 
doing what they usually do backstage, Ricky Mandel shows up to reveal that he has legally changed his last name to Ricky Mundo uh, in tribute to his hero, Johnny. And they all laugh at him. I'm laughing because this is just too surreal to be true. And Johnny tells him, dude, you got to find a new name because I'm the only Mundo here in Worldwide Underground. You got to change it. And Ricky's all excited because, you know, he thinks they're just sort of giving him a hard time. He thinks he's in. Like, he's officially a part of the group now. Uh, And maybe he quickly learns differently because Mundo, as uh, Worldwide Underground is coming out for their eight-man tag, makes Ricky sit out uh, for changing his name and instead has replaced him with Marty the Moth. And this leads to Mundo, Taya, PJ Black, and Marty the Moth taking on Prince Puma, Cage, Sexy Star, and Phoenix. Uh, so you basically have a lot of stories tied up into all this. Uh, Six-minute sprint or so here. Uh, you have Black and Mundo hitting a version of Chasing the Dragon, and then just double teams start coming out of everywhere. Finally, however... Johnny Mundo hits the end of the world on Prince Puma to get the victory for his team. And post-match, Marty does some more creeping on Melissa. She finally strikes out and slaps him, and Phoenix comes in and lays him out with an absolutely vicious super kick. Yeah. Man. Hey, hopefully that taught him a lesson, though, right? I mean, yeah. man. <laughs> but, you know, Marty the Moth, hey, you gotta say this, he's persistent. He sure is. Fair. Mm, man. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, nonetheless... I gotta say, Ricky Mundo has a ring to it, right? It sure does. So, <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Johnny. I, I, you know, I just recently changed my name too. I have to show you the idea. <laughs> no, that'd be so funny. Uh, but no, I, I think that was great. I, I love all that stuff. You know, it's it was a nice way to start the show. Mm-hmm. It had comedy. It had it just it was so lighthearted to be honest with you compared to some of the times honestly it was, they start lucha underground sometimes just so dark and just like you know creepy and weird and things like that and this one it was just like hey welcome you know it just it, a lot of fun and then of course the first match was just a, a great time as well right mm-hmm. you know some good action there I, I love a little bit of what they did there so in and, and, and the beginning I, I was really happy i really liked all this and uh, that's a good way to start a show really cool right and then we start tying in all the stories afterwards right so we have that post bit match afterwards uh ty and sexy star are, are then announced in the last luchador standing match for ultima lucha uh since they never really settled all their beef from when sexy star was still lucha underground champion uh and then we cut backstage to where we see jeremiah crane bringing cage's gauntlet to katrina but he's only going to give it to her if he can get a kiss this enrages Mio Muertes, who shows up just roaring off a screen and absolutely murders him. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh>. And <laughs> this allows Katrina to pick up the gauntlet. Cage shows up and says, you can't do your whole disappearing act because the gauntlet's too powerful. It's, it's blocking you or whatever. So she ends up dropping it and disappearing and running away. While this allows Cage to jump into the fray, and now they're all fighting. And Dario Cueto from out of nowhere, sneaks in and steals the gauntlet back. Oh, Dario, you done goofed. <laughs> that sneaky, sneaky snake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, actually, all this was really good. And I think Crane, I just, I'm sorry. Once again, I laughed. 
I thought that was awesome. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, I love how they make this item so important. Mm-hmm. And it means so much to so many people. And so for it to all work out this way, kind of, a, and honestly, a way I didn't think was going. I really did not see Cuarto getting it. I really, maybe I'm just not following the story close enough, but I, I just thought to myself, wow, this is a new wrinkle that I kind of like, and I want to <laughs> see where they go with it. So I think it's positive, and I, I think, you know, now we're going to have, you know, Cuarto become even more evil. Yeah, I really don't know where they go with this, right? Because Dario was supposed to give the gauntlet to somebody he did, so unless it's done its job, uh, maybe it can spread more, you know, bad juju around. Well, just, I guess I have to wait and see there. Uh, Mariposa, Marty the Moth are going to take on Phoenix and Melissa Santos next week, which that ought to be very interesting. Uh, and that brings us to an Aztec medallion match as Pentagon Dark takes on Dragon Azteca Jr. This is a really, really fun six-and-a-half-minute sprint with all the stuff that you i guess watch lucha underground for like lots of high flying pentagon uh basically being pentagon and it might as well just be considered a god within the temple just people love this guy he ends up getting the win with uh with a big running package pile driver after crotching azteca up on the top rope he teases breaking his arm afterwards but here comes montanza to chase him off dario however stops him from finding pentagon since they still have some beef and uh, tells him to destroy Dragon Azteca since that's Mysterio's protege. And, of course, Matanza acquiesces. Uh, and then here comes Rey Mysterio to make the save. And that leads us right into the match. Uh, and I guess before we talk about that, I should have let you talk about the last match, Gary. No, and, and it, what I liked about this is you have... Dragon Azteca, you know, really, you know, uh, given his opportunities here, there, and everywhere, and yet Pentagon Junior or Pentagon Dark, excuse me, mm-hmm. Pentagon Dark is just taking care of business. And no matter what Dragon Azteca throws his way, and, and finds a way to kind of put him in his place, and so I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a really entertaining match. I was, um, of course, you know, having a problem because I love Pentagon Dark, and no matter what he does, I'm. I'm just happy. So uh, it, it, I don't care if he's facing Taya or whoever he's facing. I just want to see him crush him. Mm-hmm. And he did his job here. He didn't get the chance to, to break the bones, but at least he got the win. I, I love the face-off with the Matanza, though, going back to, you know, that uh, second uh, Ultima Lucha 2, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was neat. I still love it. I love that matchup. But, yeah, I mean, I think it was a pretty solid match. Yeah, I agree entirely. So, uh, that brings us to Rey Mysterio taking on Matanza Cueto. Uh, this gets the lion's share of the time this week. This goes almost 12 minutes. Uh, lots of shenanigans here and there with Matanza really, basically Matanza is super exuberant, uh, and that might not be the best descriptor, but he's really eager to get his hands on Rey, and that leads to his downfall at times because Rey can really sort of take up and start taking advantage of his over-eagerness. However, it was not to be. Uh, Ray goes up for a moonsault press. However, Matanza just catches him with ease. Wrath of the gods. Uh, it's all over. Ray, however, got a foot on the ropes, and Dario ends up pushing away before the referee sees it. So, a little bit of a save there for Ray. And then afterwards, Matanza uh, grabs a chair and hits a Wrath of the Gods on that with Ray. And Dario is very eager to have Ray destroyed, so. 
Uh, Matanza just absolutely annihilates him with a chair on the outside. Uh, does the whole evil bit where he hits him with a chair and then throws him into the ring post. And uh, this pleases Dario enough to where Matanza picks Ray up and carries him off. So he's either about to be sacrificed or eaten or, or God knows what because weird things happen here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not lying. There's no telling what we could see next week. So um, I, I'm really intrigued. And, you know, I was surprised throughout this process that Dario Arcorto wouldn't have a, J, uh, you know, an Orlando Jordan moment. Um, <laughs> was getting very scared at times because he was very thrilled about this whole Mysterio getting killed situation. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I mean, I think it makes sense. And for them to take down one of the biggest baby faces Lucha Underground has to offer, it, it will, and of course, you know, Rey Mysterio could, is pretty much the biggest baby face anywhere he walks in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, nonetheless, this is great. Now we have to find out what's the next step. And uh, I can't wait to, to really do find that out. That's going to be the, the most fun part. And I think they did a good job with the match overall. I mean, it was a perfect formula for what a Rey Mysterio match is against the big guy. And, yeah. I mean, it's... It, sure, it is formulaic. Sure, it has a lot of the same stuff you've seen over and over again. But I still think they put a pretty good match on. Really happy with what they got here. I, I agree with you entirely. One of the, uh, I mean, this is one of the better episodes of Lucha Underground we've seen. I think this season, although it's harder for me to remember the earlier parts just because of how long the break was. But oh two, yeah, re- yeah. I mean, really, all great action and it's all building towards Ultima Lucha very well. Yeah, very much true. And, you know, I think if they would have actually given us the Rabbit Tribe in this, we may have had one of the best episodes ever <laughs> of Lucha Underground. But with no Rabbit Tribe, means no Gary given five stars. So, uh, But anyway, uh, yeah, that's pretty much Lucha Underground for this mm-hmm. week. Um, really, you know, once again, happy with this episode. Hopefully next week's just as good. Uh, but let's just go ahead and jump into GFW right here, Paul. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about that now. Absolutely. Uh, so we're continuing with uh, more Lashley and American Top Team stuff. We get to see them show up and, and bully some people around backstage. And this immediately leads into a match with Garza Jr. taking on Braxton Stutter, Sutter, um, who, of course, obviously have some beef going since Garza was talking to Allie and Braxton. Don't approve of no man getting up in her woman's jam. And this leads to Garza winning in about five minutes or so. Uh, I thought this did a pretty solid job of getting the crowd going. You have Ali sort of getting involved um, because Garza ends up going for a dive. Braxton, however, puts Ali in the in harm's way, and that stops Garza giving Sutter a, a a chance to win before he's ultimately put away with a super kick moonsault combination to put him down. This is very interesting, right? Um... And it's for a weird reason. I, I, it's hard for me when you kind of know backstage, mm-hmm. right? And you kind of know the reality of things. It kind of bothers me in a way, but then again, it doesn't. Um, so, you know, Braxton Sutter, Allie, they're married in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here they are in this and their boyfriend, girlfriend. And, and now you have basically Braxton becoming a heel and he's putting her in harm's way. And so is Garza going to sweep Allie off her feet? That's the big question, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, steal her away. So kind of awkward for me because I know behind the stage is like, Hey, here's my wife. Take her. Uh, Anyway. Um, 
I, I think that you know it's it's definitely an interesting story, and I don't know that I'm super into it only because I, I'm not into Braxton's Sutter. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm not. I, it's hard for me to care. I don't know. No, I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of his work. Honestly, he doesn't really pull me in. I, I the thing is, I am interested in this because I I do still enjoy Ali, um, mm-hmm. and. I don't know them doing the the essentially Macho Man Miss Elizabeth shtick here with Sutter blaming Allie for the loss and then immediately apologizing and trying to haul her off to the back and Allie sort of initially putting up a fight before eventually acquiescing like that's like there's nostalgia there that really helped I guess send this home for me too and I like Garza Jr. I think he's a very talented wrestler so I I don't know if this is going to keep on yeah going or not you know and i i would assume it would but there's there might be something to be gained here i don't know i i would think garza jr is sort of being groomed to be the next x division challenger down the line i hope so I, I'm, a, I'm a i'm a garza jr fan i really am and i've really enjoyed his work brightest as they brought in with a new era uh so i'm, I'm really happy I think this could be really interesting. I just, like I said, I think I'd be more into it. Braxton Sutter was a more of what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, as long as he, you know, brings Allie, as, as long as he's bringing Allie, I think we all care. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and then that takes us right into the Impact Grand Championship matches EC3 defense against El Hijo de Fantasma, better known as Kink, better known over on Lucha Underground. Um, he got the judges ringside, of course, this is the, the big rounds thing that I know Gary displeases greatly, but they actually put on a pretty darn good match here. Uh, EC3 ends up winning round one unanimous, unanimously. Wow. Easy enough for me to say, uh, Phantasma wins round two unanimously. And then this takes us into the final round where EC3 basically puts Phantasma away right as time expires. He gets the one percenter, uh, and time expires right then. So he ends up retaining. Uh, obviously, I think this is sort of setting up for a rematch because the post-match, you have Phantasma sort of arguing with Guerrero for giving the last round to EC3 uh, and all that stuff. Uh, Pagano shows up to make his debut, and him and uh, Phantasma end up putting a beat down on EC3 until Eddie Edwards comes in to make the save. I Pagano looks cool to me, right? I think he's got something to offer just just by his initial look and all that. I, I Phantasma is a fan, you know, he's a fantastic worker. We've gotten to see him in Lucha, we've gotten to see him here. And I I still love EC3. I just like this just seems so thrown together. <laughs> yeah, I I'm with Pagano yeah, I mean, okay, so I'll start. I think it was really good for the fact that we did a really good match for a match system that I completely hate. Like, I hate the Grand Championship. I hate the whole system. But, you know, they put on a good match. I can't deny that. I really did enjoy what they gave us. And, you know, EC3 being the winner, I think it works. I love Phantasma getting in, you know, Guerrero's face and all that. It, to me, realistic stuff, I'm all game. Do it. The Pagano thing, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should get excited about it. I used to love watching Crazy Steve and the clown gimmick. Do I care about Pagano? I don't know. I'm a little terrified. Um, but on the other hand, I, I'm really kind of curious, right? Mm-hmm. 
So it's, it makes me wonder how also that that Mexican culture will mix with the crowd in the U.S. Because, you know, uh, they do that in AAA quite a bit with the kind of the clown gimmick. But how will that work here and how will that translate? I don't know. Uh, you, you know, maybe they're just trying to capitalize on it uh, because it is doing pretty well around theaters. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, I... I I think I've said that on this show before. I am afraid of clowns, and it's not like whenever it comes to wrestling I am, but, uh, I mean, he does look kind of scary. I mean, it's not... I think he's got the look down, and when it comes to transitioning, I mean, if you're from AAA, you stand a pretty good shot, because they do use a lot of, you know, North American things in their show, so... Well, well Pagano, bring a red balloon to the ring, and then we'll really know. <laughs> but that That's the face of fear. We all float in the impact zone. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need to to get through it. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> after that, we we actually cut to Mexico because uh, we get to see LAX defending the tag team titles against OVE and two other teams who don't really get named. Uh, you get to see LAX running around beforehand doing all their shenanigans and hitting up strip clubs and Conan saying he's paid off the ref. Uh, and they're going to give OVE some tainted water. Eventually, you get clips of a match taking place in the crash where LAX retains the titles over OVE and the two other teams, and they have a confrontation afterwards. I don't know if this really did much for me. <laughs> okay, so... I, you know, it's kind of funny because we talk every week about Lucha Underground, right? And mm-hmm. all that's edited... All that it has, you know, movie-like stuff where, you know, you're watching different things take place. It's all obviously taped. This is okay, but not all that special, right? Mm-hmm. You feel like you were you promised a match, and then the next thing you know, you're, here's the best of. You know, here's the highlights of what you should have saw if you would have watched the match. And uh, do I love that? Ugh. Not, not really. Not for me to actually care about the match as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how can I even rank or rate this match? You can't. You don't. You don't have everything involved, right, Paul? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's what's the problem is here. I love the idea. You go to Tijuana. You you, you have the match somewhere else. It's all fine and dandy. I mean, to me, it is what it is. I get it. You know, of course, LAX is going to win. Duh. Um, but at the end of the day. Probably the most enjoyable thing I got out of it was OVE alluding to that they're going to go destroy the LAX headquarters. I think that was the most entertaining part I got out of it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Just because they they both throw around some threats during that post match stuff, so <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe some of it will come true. Maybe some of it won't. Uh, Grado then gets a squash match afterwards, and then uh, he gets cut a promo uh, because that was a. a f- his supposed final match here in the U.S. before he gets deported tomorrow. Uh, Joseph Park shows up and says he has big news. His law team has opened up a sports man- management division, and he signed Grado, and he's sponsoring Grado's visa, so he gets to stay. Happy day. And, and Park's got a contract for Grado, and Grado just suddenly signs it, and they're going to make a lot of money together, and Joseph Park's been the bad guy the whole time, hasn't he, Gary? Yeah, you know what? That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. How, you read my mind completely. 
I'm thinking, what did he actually sign here? Mm-hmm. You know, signed his life away. And, you know, you know, all his money's going to go to Joseph Park. Um, you know, whatever else he gets, title shots or something like that, and maybe go to Joseph Park. I don't know. Of course, sounds like very much like an agent kind of thing, I guess. So should I be a big surprise? Uh, how much am I really caring about this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't really... I don't have a lot invested in this whole Grado situation right now, right? The the storyline they have him going with is okay, um, but at this moment, you've kind of taken away all the other spots and the people that I actually wanted to see him interact with and, of course, see how those all kind of took place. So now I'm left with this shell of what I want to see. Can they rebuild it with Joseph Parks being a bad guy, screwing over Grado? I get it. I just hope it works out because right now I don't know how many people really care about Grado. I I agree with you there because so, like outside of the comedy stuff, whenever they try to do something serious with him, it just sort of seems tacked on. And granted, the only time we've got to see him try to do something serious was with Mahabali Shara, and that God knows that is no way to try to get a measure of somebody outside of silliness you know so uh i i kind of look forward to see if they bring laurel back into this because i i enjoyed this with her in it i'm sure this will tie back into congo kong and and whatever they got going on there too but oh i i don't know yeah i don't know if i'm so down for that but watching how laurel reacts to all this is sort of where i my interest lies just because I, i enjoyed that i thought that was fun i just wish laurel would you know maybe hook up with joseph park and that's how she gets her revenge on Grado, along with doing other mean things to him. Maybe, maybe that happens. Maybe that she happens. takes away. She takes away his best friend. Mm-hmm. She she takes away his money because, well, his best friend was signed a contract with him. Right. And then she finds other ways to humiliate him. I think all these things work for an interesting storyline. Other than that. I don't really care to have her back involved because I don't want Congo Kong back involved with Grado. <laughs> uh, I think that's fair. So. And your way works to generate more sympathy, so it very well could go that way. Yeah. See? Hey, I know all about sympathy. I try to gain as much of it as I can. <laughs> Johnny Impact gets interviewed next. He puts over Loki. Uh, they're going to have a number one contendership match later on, and it's something he's wanted to... Loki is somebody he's wanted to wrestle for a long time, essentially. Uh, but before we get to that, you have a false count anywhere X Division title match. Sanjay Dutt defends against Trevor Lee. And uh, this is basically, I think, more of the same with what we've gotten. Um, you have the interference come in from Caleb Conley come in, uh, and that ends up leading to uh, Trevor Lee getting a roll up on Dutt onto some concrete after Dutt or, or after Conley had hit a super kick on him. I understand what they're doing here, right? The, the numbers and all that are getting him, and Trevor has played Sanjay into a situation where the the stipulation worked out in his favor and all that. I just, I have no investment in this feud, and it's not like the match was blow away to make me feel like, oh my god, this was so great, you know? I like Trevor Lee, I like Sanjay Dutt, I just, I'm not invested. Oh yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I feel exactly the same way. I want to be invested, right? Mm-hmm. I want to care. Um, but it's 
there's something lacking, and, and I'm yet to put my finger on it. But I feel like there is something that needs to happen, or someone else needs to be included to make me actually grasp onto this and say, "Hey, this matters. This is a selling point in the show or in this feud." Things like that, and right now they're just a bunch of guys having matches for a gold belt, mm-hmm. and I, that's wrestling. But I think we should expect more, especially at a fan favorite. So we'll see what they do going forward. But at this moment, right here, I mean, man, I just i I don't have enough in me to really care about these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Right there with you. Uh, this, uh, this does bring us to the moment of the show where me and Gary are going to make dick jokes because Dick Justice is backstage warming up and here comes American Top Team and he wants to join them because he's American too, Gary, but he gets beat up for it. And that's okay, Dick, because you're too big for him anyways. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I like what you did there, Paul. Um... You know, hey, you know, uh, they laid this guy out. I mean, he was just a stiff, you know, on the yep. floor. So it's true. A stiff dick, you know. <laughs> that happens sometimes when you get knocked the f out. It uh, but anyway, yeah, that hey does. It's true. Uh, but no, I uh, actually this was not bad. Mm-hmm. I, I know it's a little hokey, a little cheesy, but I kind of like it because I mean these guys come in here and beat the crap out of a guy that's, you know, a little bit considered a simpleton, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it garners sympathy and makes this team of dudes, you know, super angry, uh, well, at least makes the crowd super angry at them. And I think that's a good thing. Cheap heat sometimes is uh, pretty valuable. And that's what they kind of got here, right? So oh, poor Dick Justice. Hopefully he can get things and get erect and go back to work. Yeah, he was a little limp on the floor there as the segment ended. So, agreed. Uh, that brings us to the ladies portion of the evening. Uh, Taya Valkyrie takes on Amber Nova here. This is basically a squash for Taya to look great. I I don't know if there's a ton to talk about here because I mean we we're pretty familiar with Taya. So, <laughs> yeah, we are. You know, and uh, you know, hey, you know, Taya looked great here, right? I she mean, did. yeah. So. That's what she, that's the goal, and uh, I think you know, especially for the fans that don't know much about her, don't get a chance to watch her, don't watch Lucha Underground, or didn't watch AAA, you know, it's a, it's a good introduction, I have to say. I think they've done a pretty decent job introducing her. Now we don't know a lot of backstory, we don't know a lot about anything else, but at least we have that introduction, and we can build from there. So, um, I you know, I think you know, a squash match. It's appropriate for this, and we'll see what she does next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brings us right into our number one contenders match. Johnny Impact takes on Loki. 12 minutes, Loki ends up uh, losing here after missing the double stomp. He gets caught up in the ropes. Impact uh, follows up with Starship Paint, excuse me, and, and ends up getting the victory. I like this match. I was expecting a whole lot more. Uh, and it was just not meant to be, I guess. But Johnny Impact does get the title shot of Victory Road now. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, it's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, he, he's a big star, and I think that they're going the right direction with all this. Uh, so I'm very happy with it. I think, you know, uh, a pretty good match here, too. You know, you've got to respect it and everything that they've kind of put into play. Um, but, I mean, overall... You know, the way they treat this guy at the end, I mean, you, you, you kind of have some other feelings, too, you know. 
Uh, yeah, I agree. And, and then post-match, you have Eli Drake come out and him and Adonis basically work a numbers game to where Eli Drake can looks tall after he lays out Johnny Impact with the air raid crash. Uh, I mean, woo, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people aren't into Eli Drake and he's just kind of there, right? I mean... Mm-hmm. I'm okay with him. I like the guy personally. I think it's because I could totally see myself hanging out with him, like you know, going out and eat or something, just visiting with him. <laughs> um, but I don't know. He kind of has a that sense of humor that I think I kind of like. But nonetheless, um, I just right now the Impact Championship or Global Force Wrestling Championship belt it, it means something. But at the same point, I. I look at this whole situation and say to myself, how much is it really getting a light on it? It's mm-hmm. really not getting too much light. And I hate to say it, it's because of the guy that holds it, but part of the reason is, and the other part of the reason is, is because they're focused on some other things that seem to be more important to them than that title alone. So it's, it's some interesting stuff going on in that picture. Which is really weird because you put your belt on a guy that you've basically built from the ground up in Eli Drake, and now you're. This is the only segment on your show he's in this week. Like, I, I, I just don't get it. Like, I understand Eli is not, you know, he's not the best wrestler. He's a pretty good talker, and there are times where I warm up to him, and there are times where I'm like, why, why do I like you? And this is more on GFW at times, I think, than Eli. Just like, how do you? This is the only time you use them. I, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I might. I'm just gonna have to probably get over it and go lol GFW. But it just it's it feels odd for somebody who they're yeah. so invested in. I'm right there with you. I, you know, and uh, once again, I'm I'm an Eli Drake supporter. I, I think the guy has a great personality. I think he has something to offer. I, I think he could do some bigger things with this title. It just seems like they've kind of stuck him in a place and said, "Stay there, mm-hmm. don't go anywhere, don't don't make too much noise, stay there." And uh, that's a problem. It really is. There's a reason you have these titles to just to showcase, and they're not doing it. Yeah. I wish I could say it gets better from here, but it doesn't. Uh, well, it kind of does. Cornette tries to talk Lashley into staying. Uh, he has chosen MMA, it seems, over wrestling, and he's going to go out to the crowd to say his goodbyes later. However, Taya backstage ends up assaulting uh, Karen Jarrett and telling her she's the true queen around here. I kind of like that. I'm down with that for sure. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, is it considered domestic violence if it's against Karen Jarrett? I don't know. I don't know. But um, I would, I'd be a juror that would not convict. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, hey, I think it, once again, going back to if you've never heard of Ty, never seen her, at least you get a little chance to hear on the mic and talking to authority figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, not a bad ploy uh, and something that I think it, it worked. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, so Lashley and comes on down to say his goodbyes. He's, he's going to MMA so he can win championships and be a bigger badass than what he already is. However, he wants to finish things up with Moose. He calls him out. Here comes Moose. They waste no time. You have a big old brawl. Uh, It's just got no energy, though. They're just sort of out there throwing moves. The crowd doesn't care. Um, They're fighting their way up the entryway, 
and Moose uh, ends up kicking Lashley all the way back down and goes to spear Lashley. Uh, it looks like he's about to sort of finish him off, but here comes American Top Team, Storm of the Ring, and basically put a beat down on Moose. Security arrives, American Top Team beats them down. Lashley looks strong going out. I, boy, I don't get this, Gary. <laughs> I don't get it, and and I uh, have yet to have that feeling of care either. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a, to me another bad situation. But uh, you know, Bobby Lashley has done a lot of good things in in this company, and he's really held himself up high at a you know really positive level, and I'm really happy uh, about that in general. Um, but you know, nonetheless. You get into this, and you get around the storyline, and the way things are working out, it just seems like he's forgotten a lot of stuff. And, you know, there's some stuff mixed in here that just kind of makes you say, well, okay, you know, but that's about it. Yeah. So I'm not really thrilled about this overall. I think Bobby Lashley moving on, doing something else, That's if you're really making that announcement and making it known, then that's good. Outside of that, you know, you need to leave it alone, you know, Mm -hmm. and... Bobby Lashley and his team, yes, they're supposed to be these huge heels, and they make their self-known, and they they make this presence be known. But at the end of the day, you've got a lot of people saying, should I care about this? Why am I worried about his MMA career? Yeah, Those are the questions you ask yourself. Yeah, and you're sort of left just on that really flat note because that's all for Impact Wrestling this week. Yeah. So, hopefully, you guys are not like Jim Cornette and very frustrated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, well, yeah, you're right. That is impact, and so we are going to move on from here. And Paul, you know, we, once again, Sean was supposed to be on tonight and kind of talk about this next week's uh, weekend show for New Japan. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like you to just kind of maybe throw out a couple of you know things about what happened at the last destruction show, but you want you to go ahead and kind of break down this one that's coming up for people in case they want to tune in. Yeah. So new Japan had uh, destruction in uh, Fukushima on the 10th, uh, had some title matches on there. A lot of the undercard stuff was, was the usual stuff. Uh, I should mention that since uh, the last time we've talked about new Japan, Hiromu Takahashi and Will Ospreay have gotten in a bit of a Twitter war, Gary, and Hiromu has called Will Osprey a cat and has like made a bunch of pictures of him looking like a cat. And people at the live shows now are just, they're messing with Will and they have all these cat pictures and stuff and they're chanting cat at him. Wow. Now that, see, I've yet to see this or even hear this, but I could just imagine going, meow, 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 or meow, meow. Meow, meow. Yeah, They're doing so, that, anyway. too. It's, it's oh, the God. most brilliant thing in the world, Gary. It's so wonderful. <laughs> okay, so I, I just need to get a clip of this and watch. And just watch people <laughs> drinking out of, a, uh, out of a dish full of milk. Yes. Uh, so much so, I think on one of the uh, Road 2 shows that Will Ospreay even painted his face up like a cat. So he's sort of steering into the skid, almost. <laughs> oh, my God. This is amazing. It's, Hopefully it's, Road Dog doesn't show up and scare everyone away. <laughs> It's so brilliant. Uh, so Fukushima, like the undercard stuff is fine. And if you're interested in what's going on there, especially the Young Lion stuff, uh, you can go ahead and check that out. Uh, War Machine retained the tag team titles 
over Gorillas of Destiny and Killer Elite Squad. I, I'm hoping their next affair is much better, because they do have a rematch coming up on the show I'm about to talk about, but this was fine, if a little cluttered, uh, like they are almost trying to do too much at times, and sort of killed the match uh, a little, if you ask me. Uh, you have the Never Openweight six-man tag team title successfully defended once again by LIJ against the Chaos contingent of Kazuchika Okadi, Rocco Romero, and Tori Yanu. Uh, this might have been the best match on the show uh, by by a large margin because the main event of Suzuki and Elgin fails to deliver, and you already knew it was going to once they made it a lumberjack death match, which just has a terrible sorry history in New Japan because... One, it's a Zuki goon, and you know that means everybody and their mother's going to interfere all the time. And two, this could have been a really great match, and it just never had a chance because of stipulation, and they can't seem to ever get out of the way of booking Suzuki goon and just being interfering heels all the time, and that's all they are uh, when you have so much more on your hands. So, a really unfortunate show, maybe the worst one we've seen all year from New Japan, which is really sad to say. However, Hiroshima, this uh, this weekend, I believe it's on the 16th, uh, promises much more uh, because, one, it's main evented by Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. for the Intercontinental title, which should be wonderful. You have Kushida and El Desperado going head-to-head for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, which should also be terrific. Uh, you have that rematch, as I mentioned earlier, for the IWGP Tag Team titles with War Machine once again defending against the Gorillas of Destiny and the Killer Elite Squad. And you have the uh, newly minted junior tag team champions in Ricochet and Ryusuke Takeuchi defending against Taichi and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And I like half of that equation, and Taichi can just go away forever, in my opinion. And then, of course, you have your usual undercard tags featuring all sorts of different storylines tied in. No, uh, no young lines except for Leo Tonga, who, of course, is... Um, Tonga Tamatanga and Tonga Loa's younger brother, uh, who's actually been kind of impressive for somebody who hasn't been inside the uh, the New Japan Dojo all that long. So, lots of stuff to look forward to. I'm much more excited for this show than I was after Fukushima because New Japan usually bounces back pretty hard after they have a less than stellar outing. They usually come back pretty strong, and those two at the top of the card are just guaranteed to deliver something awesome. So. Look forward to all that stuff coming your way. Yeah, definitely. And you know, I, you know, I, if that bounce back show really is something special, you know, that means a lot because you know, let's be honest, when you get a bad taste in your mouth, you need to get it out as soon as possible. So hopefully yeah. that does work out. So, all right. Well, you know what, Paul? I think we only have one thing left to do on this show, and that is crown a superstar of the week. So why don't we go ahead and do that now? Let's do it. Superstar of the Week. Take it away, Gary. All right. Well, here we are, and we are excited because we have a pretty strong list. And let me be honest with everyone listening right now. This was a challenge to get through, not because there was a lot of bad and you know a lot of negative. There was too many good matches this week. <laughs> and, uh, you know, really, honestly, and too many people that deserve some time and should probably get some points. But we only have a certain amount of points to give out and sorry if you didn't make the list try harder that's all i have to say Uh, (laughs) as if what i had to say mattered to any wrestler in the world yeah (laughs) uh, 
I, I, I uh, you know, feel important to myself. Uh, well, let's go ahead and give a point out, though. The first point, and uh, we'll give two, is to the Motor City Machine Guns. The main event on Ring of Honor this week was awesome. Uh, you had Search and Destroy, Motor City Machine Guns, Jay White and Jonathan Gresham taking on the Bullet Club contingent of the Young Bucks and the Gorillas of Destiny. And this was it's just such a fun match, and the, the Guns ended up getting a, a very important win over the Young Bucks, uh, building up some momentum to their tag team match, tag team title match, excuse me, at Death Before Dishonor. Uh, if maybe the match had meant a little bit more, it might have ranked higher, but it, it's just so good. you got to give them some credit for something, and we could only give them a point in light of everything else that happened this week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you know, you don't have to twist my arm very hard to give two points over to Pentagon Dart. I just what a fun match he had this week with Dragonus Tekka Jr. and his for a medallion, uh, which means that Pentagon Jr. will now be Pentagon Jr. God, Pentagon Dark will now be competing for the Gift of the Gods title come Ultima Lucha time whenever everybody starts turning in those medallions, which uh, I'm really looking forward to. But yeah, Pentagon looked great again this week. Uh, like we really need to say that, but yeah. it's just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to throw it in there. Uh, let's give three points over to Kyrie Sane. Uh, spoilers, Kyrie Sane won the May Young Classic. Uh, <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, maybe not her best performance of the tournament, but it was still very strong, and they drug a crowd that was less than interested into caring very highly about what they were doing in the ring by the end, and that says a lot. And the whole event was really about Kyrie and what a wonderful moment it was, and for that, Kyrie gets three points and uh, a much-deserved round of applause from us because she performed great throughout the entire tournament. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just really excited to see, you know, and uh, hope to, you know, get more points for her going mm-hmm. down the line. So we're going to give four points to Braun Strowman. I mean, how do you not give a lot of points to a guy who not only no-sold a German suplex from Brock Lesnar but absolutely destroyed him? And then turns around and annihilates John Cena in the same night. Uh, <laughs> if, if he maybe killed like Roman Reigns, I mean, he might have gotten five. But you know, Braun gets four and, and a hearty pat on the back. And my sincerest hopes that he's our next Universal Champion. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm behind you on that 100. percent So, and we are going to give our five points and crown the Superstar of the Week, and that person is. Well, there's three of them, actually, in one group. The New Day! That's right! What? I mean, that, that street fight with the Usos on SmackDown this week might was... What, I'm, I'm just going to say, it's the best match on TV that we saw this week. Uh, phenomenal stuff going on there. Uh, it just... The great back and forth these two teams can have. Seemingly pulling out great matches on a whim. Uh, and the New Day just happened to get the victory and win the tag team titles once again, and I mean, honest to God, they could probably feud forever, and I, I might not be too upset about it just because there's nobody else for them to fight. <laughs> oh, man, ain't that the truth? Oh, that division. Uh, we talk about it week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to fix it. But, uh, hey, I'm just happy for the New Day. Um, they, they've they been doing such a great job lately. Honestly, this, this whole feud between them and the Usos has been super positive. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed watching their matches, so... Hey, if they want to give us more of them, continue to do so. I'm not tired just yet. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, the New Day is our superstars of the week, and really, you know, happy for them. 
And, uh, of course, that takes us to the end of our show here, Paul. And, uh, you know, had a lot of fun tonight, had a lot of good things. We're still, you know, sad that Sean was not able to be a part of the show with us. We were really hoping tonight was going to be the night he'd be able to be back on. But, hey, you know, the guy, once again, does so much. And he needs a break sometimes. And hopefully it wasn't his choice, Mm -hmm. but hopefully he got more rest and, you know, able to do some other things. So we miss you for sure, Sean. Wish you could have been on the show. Uh, But, you know, make sure everybody knows where we can, you know, be found and that is of course on w2mnet.com you can find all our great stuff also search out wrestling to the max wherever you get your podcast youtube apple Podcasts, wherever iHeartRadio. you can just type that in and you will find us and you can go ahead and subscribe go ahead and rate and review as well uh, that just gives us your feedback lets us make the show better for you that's our goal make sure that we give you the show that you want to hear uh, as well as, you know, also don't forget to go check out some other great places. We want to give us some support out to Formula1Mania.com along with LastWordOnProWrestling.com. Both are great uh, supporters of ours, and we encourage everyone to go to those sites and check them out as well. And, you know, also go check out a lot of the stuff over there at WTMNet.com when it comes to the world of wrestling and other great stuff. Uh, wrestling Unwrapped is a, a, an excellent show that you guys are going to want to hear. They talk about various topics, but they really get into some old school wrestling and some wrestling maybe you don't watch on a normal basis. Go check out those shows. They do a great job of their Harry and Patrick are hilarious, like we talked about earlier in the show. As well as make sure you go check out uh, you know many of the other right, great wrestling podcasts that the network has to offer. So. Lots of cool stuff. Uh, just really happy, you know, that we were able to get together tonight. And, uh, yeah, Paul, we are done. So until uh, next time, I'm Gary Vaughn. He's Paul Leeser, and we will catch you guys down the road. Have a good one, guys. following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.